0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at
1: GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7... wildcat and jayhawk fans and welcome to the drive sponsored by flinthillsauto.com i am tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right filling in for scott is tyler griever the wibw that's his station sports director <laughs> the uh,
0: man i appreciate you letting me know that we're here because
1: well, i didn't know that it's we're just here. scott's not here for like a month straight now <laughs> we're back from bowls and basketball and holidays and all the other stuff that we haven't been on with but it's a new year, same us. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll questions and make your game predictions at theDriveShow.com. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and Scott's home at fog.net. And we start things off with our two minute drill. And our two minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now let's see. KU Basketball and West Virginia are two teams that like to play big, yet it was Kansas's four guard approach that led KU to victory. Tyler, what did you make of
0: Saturday's matchup? You've heard Bill Salt talk for a long time yeah. right what is one thing he usually comes back to quite a bit that toughness. I'm handsome oh uh, well we all do that nice. but he always likes to either maybe question KU's toughness at some point yep. in the year as maybe a motivational tactic I think this game so early in the season really showed some great toughness from KU that was the first time they've won it fall scoring 60 points or less since 2006 it was their worst shooting performance of the season they led for the least amount of time of the year This is not a game they should have won, Tim, to be honest. WVU is a very good defensive team, but I think KU met them defensively and was able to make enough plays to win. You look at a guy like Christian Brown, a freshman, played the entire second half. Bill Self yesterday how many times does that happen in a conference opener against a ranked opponent they held West Virginia to 32 percent shooting I think this Jayhawk team has shown that it can be a really good defensive team this year in college basketball and the sky can be the limit if they can score a little bit better against defensive teams like West Virginia but they took the punches to the mouth trailed at halftime and still found a way to pull that game out so I think toughness might be the biggest takeaway from that win yesterday
1: Coach Self really likes this team and for good reason yeah I mean absolutely. there's just something about this group they're getting more out of their freshmen than maybe you would expect.
0: Yeah I think Brown, I think uh, Tristan and Aruna have really shown some flashes and I, I don't know I look at a guy like Brown and I think he, he is a classic just looks like a classic tough college basketball card. A, a kid who can come in give you some quality minutes off the bench this year maybe develops into a better player than you thought. Azabuki yesterday had a, a heck of a battle with Oscar Shibwe. Shibwe is gonna be a problem in the Big 12 this year. It was a problem for KU yesterday but KU was able to withstand the storm that Shibway brought, get the ball into their big van. I mean, as a Buki, there's only so much you can do after a while, Tim, to to keep that kid from getting to the basket. He's been perfect from the field, I think, in three of his last five games. So if they establish him inside and just be able to knock down at least somewhat consistently outside, they're going to be tough to beat.
1: And how old were you in 2006?
0: Uh, let's see, I'm 27 right now, so about like 14. <laughs> yeah. And I was old in 2006. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's, let's not go over the ages anymore. Kansas State led for most of the game at Oklahoma, unlike what KU did against West Virginia, but a few untimely turnovers in the final minute of the game cost the Wildcats and a five-point loss to open Big 12 play. Was this more of the same from Coach Weber's Cats, Tim?
1: No, actually it wasn't. Uh, it was more of the same in the fact that they found a way to lose late in the game something this k-state team has been doing a lot of as of late but they did play pretty well for 39 minutes or so Um, they shot the ball well enough to win they fought hard Um, they were really pretty clean and efficient for much of the game until tyler until oklahoma did something completely unexpected according to bruce weber They went to a zone in about the final (laughs) minute of the game. And Bruce Weber said he just didn't see that coming. And and I was left thinking, how's that? You can't play against a zone. Everyone seems to know it. I can't coach basketball. I would be a horrible coach. I would zone Kansas State. There's no doubt in my mind. And even if my guys didn't know how to play zone, which Oklahoma apparently doesn't, I would do it. It worked against K-State. Cartier Jada had another just horrendous late game turnover in which You know, he just tried to make a pass. You can't have a veteran guard making it. It led to a run out, easy layup for Kansas State. You know, K-State couldn't catch a break in this game. Coach Weber complained about the officials. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, And they didn't get some calls that you probably need to win. But the bottom line is this team can't make plays. It just doesn't make plays down the stretch. And at what point do we say it's time to fully invest in the freshman And hey, Coach David Sloan, the point guard, the junior college point guard, maybe doesn't play defense quite like you want him to, but things seem to run pretty well when he's on the floor. He's he kind of gets things going. Now, look, I I don't know where K State's going to end up, but this was a game they could have won and didn't. They come home on Tuesday night to play TCU. That is a game the Wildcats need to win. There's not many very many victories as you look at the schedule in Big 12 play. That is one that really counts. And stealing one to open the season would have been big, but let's remember something Coach Weber reminded his fans of. Last year's team won the Big
0: 12 and started 0-2 in Big 12 play. It's a great point. I don't think we're going to get the same results. It's, result not, it's not the same, same team. You got to trust those young guys more. I agree with you on that. Yeah. The Big 12 in football went a sad 1-5 in, in bowl games this season, including K-State's 20-17 to 17 loss in the Liberty Bowl. Maybe the conference's lone victory was Texas over Utah in the Alamo Bowl. What does this say for the state of Big 12 football right now, Tim?
1: I feel like we should answer this entire segment yeah. in emojis. <laughs> like laughing I've emoji. I've done segments like that the in the past. The crying emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something no Big 12 school really wants wants to say other than Texas. Thank goodness for Texas. Because the Longhorns did look good in their bowl game. Everyone else, Oklahoma State squandered a lead, K-State blew an opportunity and everyone else kind of stunk it up. It wasn't a good year for the Big 12. I think it's clear that the conference wasn't as good as it has been this season and it hasn't been as uh, good as you would want but I don't think this one season says the Big 12 is falling apart.
0: I think it's indicative of how we evaluate college football conferences in that the depth of the conference is not dictated by the top teams. It's dictated by teams, what, three through eight of how good they can be and when you look at the Big 12, a lot of those teams really didn't uh, live up to the expectations that maybe that we thought. You know, Iowa State had a lot of hype coming into this season and what they could do under Matt Campbell. I think they completely underachieved this year. A team like Baylor uh, might not have played well in the Sugar Bowl, but Baylor honestly overachieved, I would think this year. Who had them in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia? Texas underachieved, K-State overachieved, but on the big stage when everybody's watching during the holidays, you you can't fall flat on defense. I don't think K-State really did that against Navy, to be honest. I think they played a pretty good defensive game, but everybody else just kind of fed into that narrative that Big 12 defenses can't compete on the national stage.
1: Yeah, it was very disappointing. And, you know, I, I look at the at it this way. The conference is wide open. You've got Oklahoma up there, but they're not so far out that nobody can catch them. I think we saw on the national stage that there was three elite teams in the playoff and Oklahoma. That would have been the same if it had been Georgia or Oregon or anyone else who could have slid into that fourth spot, it would have been a mismatch. So I think, although Oklahoma wasn't great this year, they still are the conference's best, but there's room for programs like Kansas State to chase those programs down. No I question. Really
0: think I, I think K-State showed that this year. It was a great season. It was a good surprise season. So
1: Now a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Film and 11. Your go fast,
0: look good, play hard. Custom shop. Last week's question was: How many states will case? How many games? Excuse me. Will K-State win during its 18-game Big 12 schedule for hoops? A. Ten or more. B. Eight or nine. C. Six or seven. D. Four or five. E. Three or fewer. And the winner is six or seven with 40%. Tim. You agree with that? Would you take six right now with this team? I don't I'd have to see some strides. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I, I, I
1: think six in in some ways is optimistic. And I'm not even trying to be harsh. That's just awesome. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. Here's this week's question. Tom Brady said after Saturday's loss to Tennessee, insert giggle. His hope <laughs> is to continue playing. How much longer will his career extend? A, he's done. Playing forever and ever and ever and ever. B, one more year. C, two more years. D, three plus years or until his bones are brittle. Vote at thedriveshow.com. I don't think he's done.
0: I don't think he's done either. You know why? Because how many legends have we seen change uniform? It's not unheard of. We can't act like it's not unheard of. Brett Favre, Joe Montana, uh, Peyton Manning, all these guys, they played for other teams at some point in time. It can happen. It can, and I don't th- I don't know if Tom is – the, the, the weaponry in New England was not great this no, year. No, it was It's as bad as it's ever been.
1: Would you sign Tom Brady running a different system? Oh.
0: I, w- I think he has earned that chance, yes. I-, I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and I think if you do a hard evaluation, you bring him in for the physical and see where he stands at his age, and you're confident in that, I think he deserves a shot as much as anybody else.
1: Very good. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the drive. Welcome back to the drive as we continue our weekly two minute drill. The two minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you now. Let's see. Devon Dotson has struggled shooting the ball, but KU has still picked up back to back impressive victories. What do you make of the point guard season to date?
0: I think he has proven A, he's one of the best guards in the country. I still think he's done that. I think he has not taken maybe a step forward as a three-point shooter uh, that we think so far. His two-point percentage uh, is actually about the same. He's shooting 53% on two-point shots, but the three-point percentage is down from 36 to 31. He's still taking more threes per game look Devon the strength of his game is that he's one of the quickest guys you will find his step his burst and getting to the rack and not only getting to the rack but finishing around it with contact is as impressive as you'll see but I think maybe what KU fans have been used to especially in recent years when we look at a guy like say Devonte Graham is a guy who can pull up and nail a consistent three or a consistent jump shot have we see him doing it in the NBA right now right now that's that's not what Devon is and and he has a good bit to go before he can get there. What he is, though, is he is creating turnovers for them on defense. I mean, he's averaging three steals a game. He just had four in the last game against West Virginia. So Fitz, if he can create turnovers and get in transition and play to his strengths, which is playing go, 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 and get to the rack, kick to the three-point shooters, which I think he can get a little bit better at as a distributor, then they're fine. You know, I just think as a scorer, he's not going to, wow you for, from deep or with his jumper.
1: You know this is kind of the evolution of basketball now point guards are expected to score and and back in the day when we, the basketballs were actually leather uh, <laughs> the point guards <laughs> created and distributed yeah. and defended and and hit free throws. You can't have a point guard uh, that goes to the line and misses the free throws because they'll follow you a lot. So he's kind of old school in that respect. You don't look to him for points. You look for him to create points for other players and then be solid with the ball
0: and and do those small things point guards have to do he he is he is scoring it's just it's not gonna be from deep this year and i just i don't think he's that type of player and and really if we're being honest he might not even be the best passer on the team marcus garrett creates a lot of opportunities the same way dotson does driving to the lane and, and being a shot creator that way so i I think Devon's got to take a major step forward to change, but I don't see a major change coming. I don't think it necessarily has to. Not, not at year. the college level. No. I mean, if he's making his teammates better, good for him. Absolutely. As we mentioned earlier, Coach Chris Clyman's Wildcats of Kansas State lost to Navy in the Liberty Bowl and K State finished the season at 8 and 5. So, how would you sum up Clyman's first year with the Wildcats? We
1: never expected eight wins. I can tell you that. You know, we sat right here earlier in the year and talked about if they can get to six wins, get to a bowl game, that's a great accomplishment. So, to get to 8 and 4, and then, you know, play a very good Navy team, a very unconventional team that gave K-State problems, ironically more on offense than defense, um, and if not for special teams, this game would have really been a, a dud for Kansas State as Phillip Brooks had that 66-yard touchdown on the uh, punt return. You know, K-State went to halftime, tied 10-10, a field goal and a punt return, so special teams that put all the points on the board. Navy made the bigger plays. Navy was a little bit more disciplined. Shocking, it's Navy. And uh, played to its character a little bit more, which is typically, you don't know what to expect from Navy. Navy doesn't play football conventionally. It can't, it doesn't have the players to line up and run the same kind of offensive, run the same systems that you see from other schools so it catches you with reverse. And on a fourth and one at midfield, it doesn't run the clock out and play for overtime. It throws a slot back pass down the field. It was gutsy, gutsy, but that's exactly what Navy does. They throw that pass you don't expect, even when you're expecting it happen. when you don't expect it. It was beautiful. They had a couple really beautiful plays. So you gotta tip your hat to Navy for a great game and then turn around and tip your hat to Kansas State for a really remarkable season considering this program went five and seven the year before, was depleted from departures, had some strengths to the team, but like the offensive line was a strength and yet didn't really fit the system as well as they wanted it to. They, they still had some issues on offense. The defense played out of its mind at times. And I gotta tell you, holding Navy to 20 points is an accomplishment no matter what the yardage was. So this team really showed some bright signs even in not winning its bowl game. And I think even though they got some retooling to do next year, Tyler, it's really a good situation right now for Kansas State football under Chris Kleiman.
0: Rebuild the offensive line Mm -hmm. a bit, and I think Skyward Thompson's got to take a little bit step forward as a passer.
1: Sure does. He needs to manage the pocket, manage pressure, understand where his guys. are. Good group
0: of wide receivers to throw to next year, though. I I like the potential of that group.
1: And now let's step out of bounds. Bob Huggins called the referees three blind mice (laughs) after the loss to KU and Lawrence. God, I love Huggins. I just love him. Uh, Bruce Weber lamented not getting any calls, any crucial calls, in a loss at Oklahoma, and there was a horrible. Foul call on a Xavier Snead yep. block. What is the state of Big 12 basketball officiating? And Tyler, I'm asking this question one stinking game into the season of
0: conference play. I challenge you to expand the question. Okay. What is the state of college basketball officiating? Here we go. Period.
1: Yeah, because it, you have to, because we call them Big 12 officials, but these guys work Valley games They yep. work other games. Yep. You know, the biggest ones like John Higgins, you'll see him doing Big East on Monday and Big 12 on Tuesday. I can go on for an hour on this topic.
0: I don't even think my biggest problem is with the fouls almost, Tim. I think my – and, you know, Greg Woods the Manhattan Mercury has written about this before. I don't understand why college basketball is so resistant to trying to be more like the NBA. It's like we're cutting down step-back calls. We're trying to slow the pace of the game with, with all of these foul calls. And it's not preparing these kids for the next level. It's not at all. In fact, it's putting a little bit of a wall that they got to jump when they go to the program level if you play the college game for a long enough time and that and that doesn't seem to make sense to me Tim this is supposed to be more of a a seamless transition from college to the pro game and not only that the pro game is better to watch for that reason because it's got better flow and it's it's fun it's more fun to watch and I still like college hoops but if we're gonna keep getting some of these ticky tack fouls and the step back thing I just I don't understand I don't really get it I get you know we watch James Harden and a lot of you guys want to tweet that he's traveling half the time I don't see it that way personally, maybe some of the time, but I don't get why we're calling it that way.
1: I think college basketball officiating is in a spiral. It's, It's a downward spiral that they can't stop by repeating the same things they do every year, which is this, they turn over the training of the new officials to the old officials. These are contract laborers. They kind of run their own game. You you have to go to their camps. The veteran officials run camps to make money. You gotta go impress them, kiss their you know what, to get into the college game, to earn the big ticket, to get the prices that are paid to these officials, which is substantial. It's incestuous and it's gonna keep happening over and over and over. If you've got mediocre officials training new officials to be mediocre, what do you get? You get mediocre and worse and it gets worse and worse yeah
0: Bottom line. Now let's hear from the fans who I think would be very passionate about officials if you yes. ask them. Fan question of the week is were you guys as happy as we were, we'll claim this as a we, uh to see the Patriots lose two in a row at home to end their season. That's from Tucker and Topeka, but we're also with Tucker because I think we were happy to see. Yeah, that.
1: it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing to watch this happen because it doesn't happen to the Patriots. No, it doesn't. And they really lost two games they should have won and and uh I don't know, but it's probably humbling for people in Not Boston. Not just
0: lost two games. They lost to a bad Dolphins team bad Dolphins. and then lost to a wild card Titan team led by outcast Ryan Tannehill, who the Dolphins moved on from.
1: I didn't know he was also the rapper outcast. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I had no idea.
0: Remember to uh, <laughs> ask us your questions and send Tim music suggestions <laughs> on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we look at our predictions here on The Drive.
1: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show and now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's your work boot center and remember to make your weekly predictions at the And if last week's or the last show's predictions were work boots from Vanderbilt's, they'd have you know what all over them. (laughs) I won won the picks at one and two. But the viewers and Scott went oh and three. I appreciate them being so much worse so that I could have a losing victory. Now this week's picks, and we're gonna start this College Hoops K-State next Saturday. Uh at Texas, Texas favored by four and a half. Can the Longhorns beat the Wildcats by five or more? Yes. Yes, I'd say the same thing.
0: Uh and the next one is Baylor plus four and a half at Kansas, so the Jayhawks are a four and a half point favorite. I'll take the Jayhawks with the points at all.
1: I'll take Baylor to cover that. Okay. Because I'm bad at this. Should be a good game. And our last game of the week, we shift to the NFL. Here we go. The Houston Texans plus Eight and a half points at Kansas City. Will the Chiefs win by nine or more against the Texans?
0: Yes, because what we forget is that they were missing a lot of key pieces for that first meeting, and that was Tyree Kills first came back from injury. I don't think Houston's that good. I think Kansas City wins. I would
1: agree with you, but I'm a Chiefs fan, so what do I know? (laughs) Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. And let's start with Mr. Tyler Griever of WIBW Sports right here the station.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we talked about the Texans and the Chiefs because I think when we look at the, why are we looking at Fitz? I don't know. Really we look I, at you for it. I don't know. Anyway, when we look at the AFC, the four quarterbacks <laughs> remaining are a great illustration of the current state of the NFL. We've been sold for so long that you got to play football a certain way to win. No you don't. The Baltimore Ravens stripped everything and threw Lamar Jackson in there and he's going to win MVP. The Chiefs put Patrick Mahomes and said, dude, you're going to throw this ball downfield about 40 or 50 times a game. That's how we're going to win. Deshaun Watson has been plugged similarly to Jackson in a way, but and Ryan Tannehill was cast off completely from the Miami Dolphins. Nobody wanted to give him a shot as a starter, and he comes into Tennessee and replaces Marcus Mariota and leads him to the playoffs. You don't got to win one way in the NFL. It's about fit and finding the strengths of your personnel and playing to them. Those four teams have done that. That's why they're still standing in the AFC. Well,
1: it really is a revolution of quarterbacks in the NFL. We're seeing the old guard slowly move out, including Tom Brady. And as I watch college football this season, I'm struck by one thing, Tyler. My goodness, there's a lot of good young quarterbacks (laughs) that will soon be in the NFL. So when I watch the national championship game a week from Monday night between LSU and Clemson, I will watch two very good teams that might, just might have the two best quarterbacks in all its college football. Coincidence? I think not.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun.
1: And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.